There's no better time to become a member of the DSR network. Later this month, we'll be announcing a major media partnership to our ever-expanding lineup of podcasts, bringing you even more insight and analysis than ever before. Members enjoy an ad-free listening experience, bonus content for virtually all of our shows, an invitation to the member-only Slack community, an evening newsletter recapping the day's top stories, and more. Best of all, if you become a member in the month of October, you can take 50% off the membership price for the first month. Visit thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and enter code SPOOKY at checkout. That's thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and code SPOOKY. Thank you very much for your support. It's October 11, 2023, and this is your DSR Daily Brief. I'm Chris Kotnor. And I'm Riley Fessler. Our top stories from international outlets this morning. Israeli warplanes conducted multiple airstrikes in Gaza, raising the possibility of a ground offensive against Hamas, while U.S. President Joe Biden condemned Hamas's surprise attacks on Israel as sheer evil and warned its Iranian supporters. Israel reported dozens of fighter jets striking over 200 targets in a Gaza City neighborhood used by Hamas for launching attacks. Israeli troops killed around 1,000 Palestinian gunmen who infiltrated from Gaza, leading to an escalation of hostilities. The Gaza Health Ministry reported at least 950 Palestinians killed and 5,000 injured with Israel's military stating a death toll of 1,200 and over 2,700 wounded. The conflict triggered international reactions, with the U.S. sending military assistance to Israel and calling for the law of war to be followed. Additionally, there were concerns about rocket attacks from Lebanon and Syria, raising fears of a wider conflict. Israel recently retook territory up to the boundary of the Gaza Strip, with minimal opposition from Hamas fighters. However, the true purpose of Hamas's operation was to demonstrate its ability to attack multiple locations across the Gaza frontier and test Israeli military tactics and equipment. The operation resulted in the indiscriminate killing of civilians and captives and the capture of prisoners and hostages, including foreign nationals. The Israeli military responded with airstrikes, but the surprise and deception employed by the Palestinians indicate careful planning and deep humiliation for the Israeli defense establishment. This slow Israeli ground response was likely due to compromised battle plans and the need to develop new strategies in a short time. The full picture of events remains to be revealed. In the wake of the recent devastating attack by Hamas, which Israel compares to its own 9-11 moment, the secretive mastermind behind the assault, Palestinian militant Mohammed Diaf, referred to it as Al-Aqsa Flood. This retaliation stems from Israeli raids at Jerusalem's Al-Aqsa Mosque in May 2021 during Ramadan, which enraged the Arab and Muslim world. Diaf's meticulous planning led to an operation responsible for over 1,200 casualties in Israel. Diaf, a survivor of multiple Israeli assassination attempts, commands Hamas's Al-Qassam brigades and operates from the shadows, rarely appearing in public. His whereabouts remain unknown, but his role in planning the attack is evident. 
The joint decision to prepare the operation was taken with Yahya Sinwar, the leader of Hamas in Gaza, with Diaf being the architect. Iran, Hamas's source of support, was unaware of the operation timing and details as it was shrouded in secrecy. Diaf's strategy involved deception, as Israel believed Hamas was focused on economic development in Gaza while its fighters were being trained and drilled. The international community was urged to address the Israeli occupation's crimes, prisoner abuse, and land expropriation. Diaf, a long-standing target of Israel, remains elusive, holding the status of a Palestinian folk hero due to his resilience and survival, despite numerous assassination attempts. In other news, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky is on a surprise visit to Brussels, where he will meet with NATO Chief Jens Stoltenberg and U.S. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin and participate in the meeting of NATO defense ministers. Zelensky's main message to NATO is focused on Ukraine's priorities for the upcoming winter and the need for support, including long-range weapons to protect critical infrastructure. Some NATO countries have reservations about providing such weapons, but Zelensky stressed their importance for safeguarding Ukrainian assets. NATO Secretary General Stoltenberg expects more announcements of support for Ukraine from member countries. Zelensky also seeks to utilize frozen Russian assets to fund Ukraine's post-invasion recovery efforts and is exploring EU membership talks. This visit follows Zelensky's efforts to secure modern fighter jets from Western allies to counter Russia's invasion. The Republican majority in the House is in a standoff over the selection of a new House Speaker following Kevin McCarthy's removal from the position. The two leading contenders for the role, Majority Leader Steve Scalise and Judiciary Committee Chairman Jim Jordan, are splitting the vote among their colleagues. McCarthy, who initially sought to reclaim the position, declined to be nominated, urging unity instead. There is uncertainty regarding whether either Scalise or Jordan can secure the necessary support for a majority vote in the narrowly divided House. Some Republicans aim to avoid a contentious floor fight and have proposed a rules change for the selection process. The situation reflects deep divisions within the party, which is struggling to maintain a unified front during a time of crisis at home and abroad. Ultimately, the House is grappling with the challenge of choosing a new speaker amidst significant internal discord. Russia has failed in its bid to regain a seat on the UN's top human rights body after being suspended due to its invasion of Ukraine. In a secret ballot, Bulgaria received 160 votes, Albania received 123 votes, while Russia received only 83 votes, despite claiming to have a silent majority of support. The decision has raised concerns, especially from Ukraine and its Western allies. In other regional races, Cuba, Brazil, and the Dominican Republic defeated Peru for three seats in the Latin America and Caribbean group, with Cuba receiving the most votes. In the Asia group, China, Japan, Kuwait, and Indonesia competed for four seats, with Indonesia topping the ballot. Two other regional races were uncontested. The focus of the election was on Russia's campaign to regain its seat, with strong opposition from the U.S. and other countries citing Russia's alleged war crimes in Ukraine. In lighter news, at the 50th Annual World Championship Pumpkin Way-Off in Half Moon Bay, California, 
a Minnesota farmer named Travis Ginger claimed the top spot with his massive 2,749-pound pumpkin named Michael Jordan, breaking a world record. This marked his third victory in the competition, with previous wins in 2022 and 2020. His new pumpkin not only set a Guinness World Record for the largest pumpkin, surpassing a 2021 record held by an Italian farmer, but it also cost him around $15,000 to grow. Ginger intends to use his $30,000 prize for winning the way off to support the cultivation of his next giant pumpkin. Additionally, he previously earned a Guinness World Records title for carving his 2022 pumpkin into the world's largest jack-o'-lantern. That's all the news we have for you today. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip, topic, or correction you'd like to flag for us, please email us at podcasts at thedsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the DSR Daily Brief. If you'd like more in-depth analysis of these issues, along with our sources for today's episode, be sure to follow the links in the show notes and tune into our sister podcasts on the DSR Network. Stay safe and stay tuned to the DSR Daily Brief.